ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to this episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. I'm just going to go ahead and let you know from the very start of this that I might get emotional. Um, as you can see from the title of this podcast episode, it is we're going to be chatting about pregnancy after miscarriage. Um, and it is a delicate topic, and, and I totally understand that, and I, I want to give that um, kind of disclosure here at the beginning, letting you know exactly what this podcast episode is going to be about. Um, I am currently pregnant. Uh, we had a miscarriage in 2021. We had a rainbow baby in 2022. I am expecting again. Um, but it's different when you have a miscarriage. Pregnancy after miscarriage is differency different. Um, than the pregnancies before my miscarriage. And if this is something that is just, it's not the right time for you to listen to, I want to let you know before you get too far into this episode that I will probably be emotional. Um, I am pregnant and hormonal on top of the reality that grief is involved um, in this podcast episode. Um, so I just wanted to make you aware of that if you just needed to save this for a different time or maybe even um, now is the time, but wherever you're at at the current moment is not the right setting. Um, maybe listen to this when you're at home and alone or something. Um, but it is a topic that I feel like is not addressed much. Um, miscarriage in and of itself, I feel like is really just now starting to become more talked about. I don't know if that's just because of social media or if women are just opening up. Um, but I feel like there is a lack of Christian women really trying to be an encouragement and share the raw, share the real, but share the reality that in the midst of all of that, God is so present and he loves us and he is always only good, no matter what lies Satan tries to convince us of. Um, so that is really just my, my heart and my goal for this episode is to share with you even some of the current struggles of my heart. Um, but just to help encourage you, if, if, if you find yourself in this place, if you find yourself pregnant after losing a baby, whether it's your, your rainbow baby or you've had, you know, babies in between that miscarriage, um, it's just to help encourage you, or maybe you've never experienced the loss of a baby. Um, but I'm, I'm almost positive that, you know, somebody who has, um, the miscarriage is just, it's one in four. I did not realize that until we lost our baby. And I was reading the statistics and realizing, um, this happens more than I thought it did. And there are a lot of women who grieve alone, who grieve in silence. Um, you know, and, and I, I want to try to be an encouragement to them. You know, God has chosen for our family to walk through some really tough, tough stuff. I've shared some of that throughout the podcast episodes, um, you know, the, just the years of the podcast. But in all of it, I have just been challenged by something my dad said, really when, when the first trial that I experienced to, to a deep level entered my life, 
which would have been in 2017, the spring of 2017, my brother unexpectedly passed away. That was the first time I ever really learned what grief was. Um, and then the Lord would have several, several deep valleys for me to walk through since. And, and I'm not at all naive enough to think that, that it's over. Um, life is a journey. It has its hills. It has its valleys. I don't know what God has ahead for me down the road, um, but I hope that what he has taught me and is teaching me through those difficult seasons will be pillars of strength for me in the future. But something that I learned from my dad's example when my brother died, dad prayed a prayer. Actually, at his funeral, as our family knelt down in front of his casket, my dad prayed that God would make the trial bigger than our hurt. God answered that prayer. Um, God answered that prayer. That trial was a door that opened opportunities to help other people who went through the same types of loss. Um, it was really a door in my own heart and mind to experience a valley, but not just to experience the, a valley, but to experience the shepherd that walks through the valleys with us, that brings us to the other side. The reality that as much as we want everything in life to be easy and joyful and no problems, that it's in the dark times that we grow, that we change, that we become more like Christ, that our self is laid on the altar of surrender and, and something beautiful can come forth from that. Um, and, and since I have tried to pray that in the trials that God has brought into our life is make it bigger than my hurt. Um, and, and that's where I come to with talking about pregnancy after miscarriage, um, I have had the opportunity to seek to try to encourage other women who have walked through the same valley, whether it is a miscarriage or whether it's the emotions that come of having a pregnancy after a miscarriage. Um, and, and I'm thankful for that. And, and that is why I'm doing this episode, using this platform. And I've had people ask me to address this, to share um, some of my heart because they're trying to navigate through their own emotions and, and you know, what's truth and what's lies and, and where am I in the middle of this? Because you can feel like you're drowning. And when you feel like you're drowning, you don't know which way is up and down and where shore is. You're just splashing and trying to stay afloat and trying to stay alive. And I get that. Um, and God has brought us to shore. God has helped us heal from that miscarriage. That doesn't mean that the grief goes away. Uh, but that, that initial blow, we know where our baby is. We have the hope in heaven and hope brings such healing. Um, but God's brought us through that. God gave us our rainbow baby. I'm so thankful for her. I'm thankful for this baby. We, we, you know, we have a little bit left to go in the pregnancy, but so far everything seems healthy. Everything seems great. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, but this episode is just sharing a little bit of my heart and some of the things that I now struggle with when I get pregnant, when I am pregnant, um, since losing our baby. And I'm not going to talk too, too much about the miscarriage specifically. Um, we did that a little bit in a past episode, um, when we talked about all things for our good, I'll link that down in the show notes. Um, 
I hope to come back on the podcast again sometime and share more specifically in regards to the miscarriage, um, our story and how God walked with us through that portion of it, the, the loss. But this is a little bit of a different angle. Um, so much of that influences this. Um, but this is kind of the next. This, this is when you're pregnant after a miscarriage. So you, you've lost the baby and now you found out you're pregnant with your rainbow baby and that brings such joy. Those positive lines bring joy. But, and, and, and I'm not going to assume that everybody struggles with the same emotions that I feel. So I'm going to speak to me. And, and if you can, can correlate with that, then okay. If not, then that's fine. You have your own experiences, but I'm speaking to me. Those lines bring joy, such joy. They also bring fear. They also bring a lot of confusion. They bring a lot of, a lot of doubt, a lot of worry. And for me, they bring a lot of guilt because almost immediately on seeing these lines, I am conflicted with such polar opposite emotions. I want to have joy. And in some ways I do have joy, but I also have sorrow and I also have fear. And it's almost like these opposite emotions are trying to like climb over the other one. You know, the joy starts rising and the fear claws its way ahead. Um, you know, and then the joy is like, no, we're going to hope we're going to trust. We're going to have joy and it crawls a little higher, you know, and then the worry comes. And, and so that's, that's what happens in my heart. And something that I'm realizing really in all aspects of life, um, but in this in particular, is that you, you have God's truth. We have his word. We have his promises. It's there. But Satan, from the beginning, from the very first sin, what did Satan do when he came to Eve? The first thing he said was, hath God said. What did Satan attack? Satan attacked the truth. He attacked the, he attacked the sovereignty. He attacked the trust and the dependency that we have in the word of God. And that's what Satan does in every other facet of life. But especially in this area for me is I have God's truth. I know that God's sovereign. I know that he's in control. I know that he is the giver of taker of of life. I know that he does all things for good and not just for, for his good and his glory, but for my good. And even at this point in my life, I can look back and say, I know God used the grief of my miscarriage to change me, to change my marriage, to change my family for the better. I see the fruit that has come from that dark trial. And yet Satan's lies hit me. So hath God said, hath God said, really? Can you trust him? Are you sure? Are you sure it's something that you you can't control this? You have no control over, over this baby, over this life. Are you sure you can trust it to God? Look what happened before. What if it happens again? What if you lose again? What if your heart is broken again? And so much of that is the reality of the battle that I now struggle with. And you know what? We, we, we had our rainbow baby. I dealt with all of that. Her pregnancy was so difficult for me because the whole pregnancy, I battled that. And I almost lived from doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment, ultrasound to ultrasound. Like, oh, we get the ultrasound. Heartbeat's good. Everything's fine. It's all okay. I'm going to trust you, Lord. 
And then the weeks in between the next visit where I hear the heartbeat, you know, I start worrying again. I start wondering again. I haven't felt the baby move. What's going on? Is it going to be okay? What's going to happen? I don't know. What if life looks like something I don't want it to? All these things start arising in my heart. And then we get to the appointment and I hear the heartbeat. Okay, I'm good. Everything's settled. I'm trusting. And then here we go. And that cycle repeated. And when it revealed to me, is that I was not trusting in a sovereign God. I was not saying, come what may, I trust you. I was saying, I trust in modern technology to prove to me that my baby has a heartbeat. And so her pregnancy was difficult. I had, I had to work through some things, um, but, but I, I, I gave birth and she was beautiful and she was perfect and she was healthy and she was such a blessing and she has brought such immense joy to our home. And then I got pregnant again, uh, kind of a big surprise to us. And it wasn't as intense of a struggle as it was with Willow, um, but it has been a struggle for me. I have had to battle these lies, and this time I, I, I'm having more clarity as I'm looking back, and I'm tr- praying like, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. I don't want to live from ultrasound to ultrasound. I don't want to live from heartbeat check to heartbeat check. I want to trust. I want to rest in in you, and knowing that I'm not just going to trust you if the next appointment shows that my baby's fine. I'm going to trust you no matter what that ultrasound reveals. I'm going to trust you no matter if I hear a heartbeat or not. And that, that is difficult. That requires not just daily surrender. That requires like sometimes, I mean, second by second surrender and, and realization and acknowledgement of the lies of Satan and of the truth and the promises of Christ and choosing in my heart and choosing in my mind to let Christ sit on the throne. Not self, not Satan, not lies, but Christ and truth. Putting that, casting down the imaginations and any high thing that exalted itself above the knowledge of God and trusting in him, in who he is. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Verses like that are such a comfort to me, because, you know, there are times where I'm learning that my heart and my mind aren't fully on the same page. In my heart of hearts, I can look back on my life and I can see God's faithfulness proven. And I know that he will keep me in perfect peace. If I'm stayed on him, if I'm trusting on him, I know that I can trust him. That everlasting strength is found in him. That he does all things good and that he does all things well. But sometimes my mind doesn't want to get on the same train. My mind says, but. My mind says, well, what if? My mind says, okay, heart, I know what you believe, but what do you think? What do you feel? And that is where I think is so important in that verse is, is that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I have to not just keep my heart concrete in his promises and in his truth. I have to keep my mind stayed on him because where does, where does fear and worry and all of these things crop up? It's in the mind. But if I have 
Christ, if I have his perfect love dwelling in my mind, perfect love casteth out all fear. And just in some practical senses, how do I keep my mind stayed on him? I've got to keep scripture in front of me all the time, everywhere. I keep Christ honoring music playing all the time. That is one of the best ways that I have been able in every area of my life to keep my mind stayed on Christ is through music, keeping my heart in a constant state of worship. And I think sometimes we try to distract. I'm not talking about a state of distraction. I'm not trying to watch TV or, 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 you know, just read a novel to get my mind off of, off of the, the struggles and the feelings. I'm not trying to distract. No, I'm trying to purposely choose to plant my mind into something else. And it's not just anything else, but in truth, in the only thing that really is going to bring me that perfect peace. And that is Christ. Now I'm going to talk just a little bit here. Um, just to give a little more insight, maybe to those who have not dealt with this, why is it such a struggle? Like, and I, I understand from a perspective of someone who maybe hasn't went through a grief like this, you may think, why is there not just joy? Like you've, you've been given a life. You, you have this new baby. Um, why can't you just, why can't you just be happy? Um, but the reality is that losing a baby changes Changes a pregnancy. And in some ways, my heart wants to scream, it's not fair. It's not fair. You know, my pregnancies with Eden and Knox and Ivy were so different than my pregnancies with Willow and with this baby. Um, there was joy. There was just absolute joy. There was a complete, uh, just not even in my thought processes that anything could and in anything other than me holding a happy, healthy baby in my arms. Now, I knew the reality that stuff happens and, it you know, you don't always get to that point. But I had never lived it. I never had to bounce back from the fear of it. So then with Willow and with this baby, after experiencing such a great loss, um, after realizing how fragile life was, things are different. There are things that I have to battle now in my pregnancies that I never even had to think about before. And like I said, sometimes my heart just shouts, it's not fair. I don't want it to be this way, but it's not, you know, we, we live in a broken and a sinker's world. And unfortunately that brings sorrow and grief and heartache along with it. That is not how God intended things. You know, I've had the conversation with my kids recently, the classic question, why did bad things happen to good people? Why do we have to, why did we have to lose a baby? Why do we have to go through difficult things? The answer isn't always easy, but you know what? It's not how God intended it, but it's also not how it's going to stay forever because one day God's going to make all things new, all things right, and it will be how he intended and it will be no sorrow, no tears, no loss, no death. But I am thankful that in in this conversation specifically of dealing with grief and loss, it is not a permanent loss. No, I do not have that baby earth side, but I know exactly where that baby is. That baby is in heaven. And I find such comfort in knowing that the only thing that my child will ever know was my heartbeat and Jesus. 
Like, what more could you ask for for a child? Even my children who are Ursine, who I am so thankful for. I am so thankful that I get to live life with them and do life with them and watch them grow. Things that I, I don't get with that baby. Things that sometimes I feel robbed of. But the reality is, I also have to watch my kids fall and scrape their knee. I also have to watch them struggle with spiritual warfare. I have to watch them deal with sinful nature like I have to deal with my sinful nature. And, you know, as time goes and they get in adulthood, I don't know what that will bring. But this world brings sorrow and hurt. What more could we want for a child than for all of them, all that they ever know? was bliss and love and joy and happiness. You know, my child that is in heaven is not lacking or missing out on anything. They have everything. All they've ever known is everything that God has to offer. I'm the one that's missing out. And that's where the sorrow comes. That's where the grief comes. And it's okay. It's okay to feel like you're missing out and to look at your family and wonder, how would we look different if... Um, but at the end of the day, you have to rest. You have to trust in God and, and find your hope in Him. Find that perfect peace. You know, things are no longer quote-unquote normal. You know, it, you, you struggle. I struggle. What, what are some of the things that I struggle with now? You know, I, I do feel like I'm somewhat robbed of some of my joy because of these other things that creep in and try to stifle of that. You know, there's there's that apprehension over celebrating and connecting with your new baby. Do you, do you connect? Do you want to talk to it? Do you want to sing? Like, what, what do you, my heart feels so guarded. And the longer the pregnancy goes, especially with this baby, you know, the, the more that things move forward and are progressing right on track, um, the more I feel like those walls of my heart come crumbling down. But I really struggled with this with Willow, the baby right after my miscarriage. So I felt so guarded to let my heart love because when you love somebody, you're really opening yourself up to a vulnerability. And, um, when a blow is taken to that, it cuts deep. And, and so, and, but then on top of all of that, I struggle with guilt because I, I feel hesitant to connect, you know, hesitant to, to dream, hesitant to picture the future. Um, you know, there's, there's fear, there's anxiety. I talked earlier about living from that doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment, trying to find your hope and trust in that, um, thinking, you know, if I could just hear the heartbeat, if I could just see the ultrasound, you know, if you can feel baby, if I could just see, you know, have an assurance of a kick or something, then I could trust, then I could be at peace. Um, you know, and, and you also, that all of a sudden you're, you have a whole new concern about telling people, well, okay, should, should we wait now? I've had multiple people reach out to me and ask, like, when did you announce your pregnancies after the loss? Because it's different. You know, when we found out with my first, like we got the pink lines and it's like, boom, everybody knew, you know, I'm three weeks pregnant or whatever. Um, but again, coming with some of that guardedness, do you wait? Do you get through that first trimester? Um, you know, how, how do you tell your kids? What what happened? You, know, you just wonder all the what ifs and all these questions come into your mind. Um, you know, my mind sometimes tends to focus on the worst outcomes instead of the best outcomes, um, the the worst possibilities. You know, and, and Google is not your friend in these emotions and in these feelings. Don't don't Google all the statistics and look up all the things. I I tend to want to do that, to be tempted to do that. And it's, it's not good. It's not good for trying to keep your mind and heart stayed on Christ. 
You might feel jealousy over other people who have healthy pregnancies. I haven't struggled with that so much, um, but I know some other women, um, you know, it's hard for them. Maybe you found out you were pregnant together and you had dreams and hopes of your kids being best friends. um, And then your pregnancy, you you lose your baby and hers goes like, there's just, there's a struggle there. Um, You know, maybe you have a fear of getting pregnant again. Again, that vulnerability, opening yourself up to, you know, you you want a baby, your arms crave that baby, but yet your heart is so reserved and so guarded. Can I do this? Can I risk being hurt again? Um, Maybe I, I struggled with this. I felt like my body failed me. I felt like my so something was wrong. I was broken and my body failed me. And I struggled with that so much. I didn't understand. You know, I, I was like, okay, I had three babies, like healthy, normal babies. My third was a natural home birth. I had never experienced that before. Everything went perfectly blissful. And then I like, why? Why did I lose the baby? What 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 did I do wrong? Did I did I eat, you know, lunch meat? Or, you know, you just all of these things that you think about and dwell on. Um, I really struggled with that. Um, in even giving birth to Willow, my body sat on labor ready. I mean, like almost fully dilated. I, I uh, It's go time. I am ready to go. But nothing. No labor, no contractions. I couldn't do anything. I had no control. Do you hear that word again? I feel like I've said it before in this episode. Control. I had no control. I don't like not having control. That's part of my problem. Um, I couldn't I couldn't get it going. And then all of these feelings started coming back. Maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe my body's failing me. Maybe something's not working right. And, you know, you can listen to Willow's birth story. I wound up having them break my water because I was just so desperate to get past all of those emotions and feelings. And an hour later, I have a baby in my arms. So my body didn't fail me, but you you struggle with these things, with these lies, with all this stuff that you have to sort through and navigate through. And in the middle of dealing with all of this internally, like life goes on externally. And maybe you have more kids and you're trying to parent them and love them and train them and be patient with them while you have this like tempest going on in your mind, this constant battle that you're fighting and struggling. And, you know, the, the reality, the truth is that pregnancy after a loss is kind of like a whiplash. You have all of these emotions. You know, every, every day, every week can feel like you're trying to climb uphill, like you're trying to gain ground, like you're trying to win this battle. Just the, the innocence of preparing for a baby to come and all of, you know, all the wonderful things, it's gone. You're, you're fighting your way through this pregnancy now. And your heart is guarded and you're just just trying to to make sense of it all. So, okay, where does that leave us? That that might leave us on a a, a gloomy note, a dark note. Um, but thank the Lord, God does not leave us in the pit. When we are in the pit of our own thoughts and Satan's lies and sorting through all of these emotions and feelings that God has given us, which let me just say, emotions are a gift. God made us in his image, in the triune image of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God made us spirit soul and body. Our soul is that intellect, emotion, and will. That is the emotion. That's where all these feelings come into play. God gave us those. God gave us those emotions. He wanted us to feel because it's when we feel that we can love at the greatest depths. And that's why it hurts so much. It hurts so much because we love so much and so deeply. And it is not wrong to love. I mean, you know what? That baby was a life. No matter how early you lost it, we lost ours very, very early. 
very early. Like we, we couldn't even see a baby on the ultrasound, but it was a life. I know that. I know that from God's word. I stand on that own conviction. And I know there's a lot of confusion about that in the world today, but we grieve because it was a person. We lost a person. We lost a child and that is heartbreaking. Um, but you know, the Bible says we grieve not as those who have no hope. We have hope and God walks through these things with us. And that is why this, this study that I've been going through in Psalm 23 has been so rich and sweet to my heart because the emphasis on the shepherd who is ever at my side comforts me. And it was intended to, it says there that it comforts us. It brings this perfect peace. So I want to I want to close out this episode, close out these thoughts with that, with the reality of our shepherd, how he can step into this mess. You know, sometimes I feel like that. I had to sit down. I'm like, Lord, I'm a mess. I don't even know what to pray. I've got all these things swirling. I can't even sort them in my own brain, in my own feelings. I you just help, <laughs> help. And, you know, the the Holy Spirit, there's a scripture verse that says, you know, when we don't even know what to pray for for ourselves, the Holy Spirit groans before the throne of God, uttering things that, that cannot even be understood. He brings our petitions before God um, on our behalf. And so I just want to encourage you with some things that God is encouraging me with. And the first thing is the reality that nothing is guaranteed. Every moment is a gift from God. And the first part of that can feel a little bit like, well, that's not a positive thing. That's not something I want to, when I'm dealing with these thoughts, I don't want to dwell on the fact that nothing is guaranteed. But that's the, the, the emphasis here is that every moment is a gift from God. I am not guaranteed anything. I'm not control of anything. But God is, and I can rest in him, and I can remember that every moment is a gift, and I need not fear and worry about moments in the future that are not even a reality at this moment, and miss this moment. I struggle with that. I do that so often. Sometimes I miss connecting with my baby early in pregnancy because I am so fearful of something down the road that, you know what, for the past two pregnancies, praise God, it has never come. But I missed that. Or, you know, it, I mean, this can be apply really to so many aspects of life, but even in just everyday motherhood, sometimes we're so worried about things that are, that might come or that, you know, in the future that we miss the moment right in front of us. Loss, whether it was the loss of my baby, the loss of my brother, some of the other things that have happened in my family, God has used those trials to teach me that every day, every moment is a gift. You know, when I go to bed at night, I thank God that he gave me another day with my husband and with my children. When I wake up in the morning and I hear their little voices and I hear their little feet running down the hall and I roll over and I see my husband, I thank God for gifting me another day with these people that I love because I know what it's like to get a phone call and all of a sudden you don't get another day. I know what it's like to have hopes and dreams and to see an ultrasound and all of a sudden you don't 
We don't get to see those dreams come to fruition. Every moment is a gift, and we need to be thankful for that. Deuteronomy 31, 8 says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. I love this verse. It has brought me so much comfort so many times. You know, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what's down my path, but God does. And not only does he know it, but he goes with me through it all, knowing what's coming, tenderly loving, tenderly leading, guiding, walking with me, and I can rest in him. We also need to be so careful not to drown in, t- in fear. We have that temptation. It's, it's real. It's ever-present. It is something that, that threatens um, but like I said earlier in 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Perfect love casts out fear. And we find that perfect love in Christ. There's another verse that God has just really given me to cling to through some of my trials. And let me just say here, if you're really struggling, pray and ask. Ask God, give me scripture, give me a promise, give me something that I can cling to when I feel like I'm drowning, when I can't find up, down, shore, give me something, give me an anchor. God will do that. He did that for me. And this is one of the verses. It was Psalm 94, 19. It says, in the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. You know, before my miscarriage, all of my thoughts when it came to my babies was just names and nurseries and all those, you know, happy things. After losing a child, so many of my pregnancy thoughts center around, is this baby going to be okay? Are we going to make it to the end? Um, Is everything going to be healthy? And, you know, all these thoughts. But I love that verse because David, David had thoughts. And David often battled discouragement and dismay and fear. But David says, in the multitude of those thoughts within me. Multitude meaning like a lot. So he's got a lot of these negative uh, thoughts that do not align with truth swirling in his heart. He says, in the multitude of my thoughts, thy comforts delight my soul. I can come to God and say, look, hey, I don't even know how to verbalize everything that I'm thinking and feeling, but you know the swirling tide that is going on in my mind. You hear it all. You see it all. You know it all. You, you feel it all. You, you are, have been touched with my infirmities. You know, you know, and you love me more than anything I could ever comprehend. In the midst of all of that, in the multitude of my thoughts, let your comforts delight my soul. May I find delight. May I find a deep abiding joy. This joy is not a fleeting happiness that is dependent on circumstances. This delight is, is a joy that does not wax or wane depending on the circumstances because it is a joy that is rooted in Christ and Christ alone. And no matter what happens in my life, no matter what happens in my family, no matter what happens to my unborn baby, he is my anchor and he is unmovable and I can cling to him at all times. There are many different layers to grieving. Sometimes it's like an onion. You know, <laughs> you lose your definition of normal. You have that initial, that raw grief. Um, and then you, you know, have you this period after and it's fresh and you're still working through all of that. You know, it's been years since we lost my brother. And, you know, there are many days where I think of him and I smile and it's joy and we have memories. Um, You know what reality is? There are some days where I am just busy 
being a mom and he doesn't enter my thoughts. And then there are other days where all of a sudden it hits me in the chest like a ton of bricks and I grieve anew and afresh losing him. And it's the same thing with, with our baby. That's how grief is. It just, it crops up. You know, it never truly goes away. They talk about how, you know, there's there's this healing after grief, but it's not the healing that you find resp- and respite in because in some ways there there's always a scar there. There's always a memory of the wound, but we find rest and peace in the healer, in the one who who makes all things good, who we can lean in and rest in and trust in. Um, so I, I've already talked a little bit about just some ways that I try to help my heart and my mind during this time of being pregnant after loss. Um, but just as, as a quick recap, saturating your heart in God's promises and in his truth, saturate it. I mean, soak your heart in it, read it, read it in your devotions, post it everywhere you look, write scripture verses out on three by five cards, whatever you have to do, keep it ever before your eyes, write it on your hand. I don't care. Find songs, sing scripture, uh, keep it ever before you. I, I just mentioned singing, keep that music, keep whatever you need to keep your mind stayed on Christ keep that, keep worship music on, keep, uh, we love instrumental hymns. They're soft, they're soothing, they're comforting. They're full of truth. They bring that back to my mind. That is such a blessing to me. Be honest with God and be honest with your husband. Let him know. And I know sometimes husbands may not, you know, they're not emotionally driven like women tend to be. And so sometimes it can be difficult for them to understand. Simeon is a very logical thinker. Um, he sees me have a problem and he wants to fix it. And sometimes I don't necessarily want or maybe even need it fixed. I just need to be heard and held. And we've had that conversation. And you know what? We've had to communicate and vice versa um, because he doesn't necessarily need to be heard and held which is what I need. Sometimes I try to give that to him when he needs me, but that's not the way in which he needs me. We've had to communicate that. Um, And I hope to have him on in the future. You know, some people have asked if he could come on and talk about, you know, a dad's heart in miscarriage because it, it, it is different. And I feel like that's something that's even less talked about um, is how a a dad grieves through that while trying to help a grieving wife. Um, You know, but, but we've had to work through like, okay, these, this is what I'm feeling. And this is what I need from you. I I just, I, all I need you to do is just hear me out and hug me and and then I'll be okay. Or maybe I, I just need you to pray with me, to pray that God will help me. Um, and just, just communicate that, be honest, be honest with your husband and be honest with God. You know, I think sometimes we try to put on this facade of faith when we come before the Lord. Um, but he, he sees us and knows us whether we want to show him or not. So just be real with him. He is our Abba father. We can go to him with the most intimate of feelings. And, you know, I think it's even okay. Sometimes we're fearful to go to God because our feelings are doubting him. And we're afraid to voice that to him. But again, like I said, nothing is hidden before him. And I think it's okay to go to him and say, look, I am doubting that I can trust you. I need you to help. I said earlier, 
the man prayed in the New Testament, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. He's saying, okay, I, I know what I've believe in my heart of hearts. I, I do believe you're a God, but I mean, that's why I'm here talking to you in prayer. But the reality is I don't, I don't feel like I believe. I don't even know if I, you know, if I want to believe you just, you have to meet me where I'm at and help me. And God will, he will, we have to be honest with him. And then, I mean, this just kind of springs right off of what we've been talking about, but pray, pray, just constant in season, out of season, let, let pray always without ceasing. This isn't on your hands and knees, you know, with your prayer list, just doing, you know, praying with your eyes closed. I've get we've got lives, we've got kids, we've got responsibilities. Spend that one-on-one time, spend that separated time with him in prayer. But I'm talking about in the middle of my everyday when I'm in the kitchen cooking and I've got these fears and concerns and feelings swirling in my heart and mind and I start to feel suffocated, I can stop where I don't even have to stop. I can keep chopping my carrots or whatever it is I'm doing, but I can call out to my heavenly father and I can call help. Lord, please, I need you. Keep me anchored in you. Keep me anchored in truth. He is there. He is ever present. We can trust in him. You know, ultimately the greatest lesson that we will learn in trusting God is letting go. We have to learn to let go of our desire for control, of our fear, of our guilt, of our anxiety. And we have to choose to hope and to trust in his promises. It's a choice. It's a choice that we have to make. Um, But it is a worthy choice. It will help you. It will get you through. And your faith will be strengthened because of it. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God is always with us, always taking care of us, always guiding us in the good times and in the lowest of low. And and I've been there and I struggle with spiraling down there. But, but God is there and God is so, so, so good. In Psalm 34, 18, it says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. I'm so thankful that he is nigh, that he's present, and that we can lean on him. Let's close this episode out in prayer. Father, I thank you that you walk with us, that you go before us, that you make our path straight and plain. And when we stumble and when we fall and when we get off the path, that you're there to pick us up and to firmly plant our feet in your truth and to help us move forward. Lord, I pray that you'll be with each listener. I pray that if there's any of them that are struggling with these emotions and just the reality of it in their own life, if they're expecting and if they've had loss before, that you will comfort, that you will give grace, that you will give strength, that you will give the determination and the endurance and perseverance needed to fight the battle, to choose hope, to choose to trust over these other things that Satan would love to have us to dwell upon, Lord. I pray that you will just um, just help our hearts to become more like yours. I thank you for motherhood, for the gift that it is, and just for the reality of the sanctifying process that it is in the good times, in the bad times, in the hard times, and in the time of grief. Lord, I thank you that you are so faithful to take care of all of our little babies that are waiting for us in heaven. Lord, what a reunion awaits us. I thank you that you take care of them, that you keep them under the shadow of your wing, and that we have that hope 
of heaven, that we have the hope of a future where all things are made right, all things are the way you intended it. I pray that until then, that we will look forward to that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of you, our great God and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.